0: If there's anything I've learned as a parent, it's that I am ultimately not in control of my child's outcomes. Today, I'm joined by author, podcaster, Laurie Christine of the Redeeming the Chaos podcast. And whether you're a parent, a grandparent, or a friend of kids that are age two or ages 32, I think you'll find some truth and hope today as we seek to answer the question, how can I trust God with my kid's heart? Listen in. Welcome to episode number 30 of the Unperfect Podcast. I'm your host, Shelley Sneed, and I desire to help you navigate the tension of living in the now and the not yet, found in 1 John 3, verse 2. Our lives on earth will never be perfect. We're just not home yet. But we can learn to live fully and sit in some of these hard places a little easier till we get there, and maybe laugh a little in between. Well, my guest today is an author, a podcast host, a certified biblical parenting coach, a Bible teacher, a wife, a mom of four wild, loud, adventurous boys, which I love that (laughs) Um, because I have three loud, adventurous boys and one girl that thinks she's one of them. So um, I can relate. But my guest is Laurie Christine, Um, in addition to hosting a podcast, which she'll Tell you about in a little bit. Redeeming the Chaos. She writes devotions and Bible stories for families. Her passion is to raise strong, courageous warriors for the kingdom of God, and to help families like yours do the same. Thank you, Laurie, for being here, and welcome to the Unperfect Podcast.
1: Thank you, Shelley. I'm really excited to be here today.
0: So, tell us just a little bit about your family. Your where you are. Your kids' ages. That kind of thing. So we can sort of get to know you a little bit before we before we get going.
1: Sure. So I live in Pennsylvania in Amish country, but we kind of live in a development. We're not really out, out among the Amish. <laughs> um, I get asked that a lot. But we have four boys, and they are 13, 11, nine, and seven. So they are growing up very quickly. Our oldest just entered the teenage years, and we're helping him to navigate that stage of life and yeah, it's a lot of fun. They're they're kind of independent, but they still have fun hanging out together as a family. They're not so busy that they're all off driving and disappearing every night and things like that. So yeah, it's, sure. a, it's a fun it's a fun time. Yes,
0: and that is what they're doing at my house, which is disappearing. But um, but they still do have fun together. We were just talking yesterday about how much fun they had growing up together just mm. um, with, with their being so close in age like that. They were just like this little team of best friends that did everything together. Um, a lot of sweet, sweet memories. So I'm going to let you get started telling us a little bit of your story, because you have a story of really having to trust God with your son's heart physically. So can you tell us a little bit about that part of your story?
1: Sure. So my oldest son, who's now 13, he was born with a congenital heart defect. It was called double outlet right ventricle. And basically his aorta and pulmonary artery were both coming out the same side of his heart. I won't go into all of the... The details, the medical details, sure. but he has had four open heart surgeries over the wow. years. Yeah. Um, the first one when he, was when he was four months old. So we did not know before he was born. We found out when he was three months old, Okay, they heard a heart murmur and they're like, oh, it's probably nothing. You should probably just get it checked out. And then we went to the cardiologist and turns out it was actually pretty serious. Um, but then his last surgery was when he was five years old. So four surgeries in five years. But he is doing really well now. We're we're so thankful that he's doing well. He gets checkups every six months or so. But as far as a, from a cardiac standpoint, um, his his heart is is doing really well. Wow, that's
0: amazing. And that journey of when you have a child with those kinds of medical things, you know. And I I told you a little bit. Our one of our sons had a quite a medical journey. There's nothing that really makes you f- realize you're not in control until that happens. Like mm-hmm. it, it's just a crazy journey of you're collecting all this new like you become a nurse, right? You become a um not not really, but you you learn all this stuff you didn't know before medically and you're yes. researching but then when at the end of the day it's like I cannot control this. I I have to I have to trust God. Sometimes we have a choice maybe to trust God or not. When you're in those kind of situations, it's like I have no choice because I can't do anything. Yeah,
1: Yeah, for sure. I definitely became an amateur cardiologist. I knew all the terminology. (laughs) (laughs) I would go into doctor's offices and they would look at me and they're like, do you have a background in medicine? I'm like, no, I just have learned all of the things because of my son. But you're absolutely right. Yeah, in those situations – It is hard to trust God, but yeah, you don't have a choice. That, like, God is all that you have in some of those those situations where, yeah, it's just out of control and you don't know what's going to happen. I do remember learning to trust God or my faith being tested, I would say, in that thinking about like the surgeons, I was like, well, the surgeons, they want to be successful. They want this surgery to be successful. God, but, th- but I don't know if they're able to, right. but then God, on the other hand, I was like, well, I know that God is able. He has the power to, get, sure. to have the outcome that we want, but I don't know if that's his will. I don't know if that's what he wants. So in some ways I was like, almost like rooting for the surgeons because I was like, I know that they want a good outcome. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's but, a very but just interesting. To- it's
0: kind of like this, the flip or the reverse.
1: Yeah. yeah, but then just learning to trust the heart of God and just, you know, that He knows what's best and He He wants what's best. And He is in control, too. And that may not sure. always look like what I want it to look like. But
0: Exactly. So now that your son is older, and I am so thankful that he's, he's doing better um, and doing well, um, but now you're having to learn how to trust God with His spiritual heart as well. So talk to us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, with all of our kids, all of my kids, I have to trust God with their spiritual heart and their spiritual development. And I think that's hard for moms. Sometimes moms especially. And I guess we're yes. talking to, to moms and dads here. Um, but because you know we're both moms, we can really right. I think it's hard for parents sometimes to trust God with the hearts of their kids for several reasons. One, we love we just love our kids so much. You know, we want what's best for them. We want them to love the Lord. We want them to follow Him. And we don't want to see them get hurt. Mm. And we know sometimes God God's way of arriving at a certain goal or a certain destination might not be the easiest way to get there, whereas we might choose, like, well, we're going to go this way because this is the easiest right. way, and this is where they're not going to get hurt and everything's going to be safe, but that might not be the way that God would take them. So I think that's one of the reasons that we— sometimes struggle to trust God. Um, and then a second reason is that that we don't always understand how much God loves them. Ooh. You know, we love them so much, but God loves them so much more than we ever right. could love them. And when we understand that, like when we understand that they are so safe and so loved in the palm of God's hands, I think we would be more easily able to, to trust God And then I think the last reason is just that we have an understanding of the reality of this fallen world that we live in. Like, we know that there's sin in this world. We know that there's hurt and that bad things happen. And the Bible even tells us, in this world, you will have trouble. And so we know that there's no guarantees in life. Um, And so that there is a very real chance that our kids could get hurt, or there is a good chance that they could walk away from the Lord and we don't want that to happen but knowing like the reality of the situation it's it it makes it a struggle to to trust the lord
0: absolutely and and i would say to that one too that that reality piece i know and believe like even kids that i have right now that aren't necessarily walking with the lord i know god can i know what he is able to do and and come into the grips of i may not even see that in my lifetime like I, mm. I know for me, it's that I know the reality, mm. th- that's a reality I'm living with now is I know he very well could do this. I may never see it, he but he's gone still. and in heaven. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You look at uh, mm. the Hebrews 11 chapter and there's, there's so many of those people that never saw what they were promised that never saw. Anyway, that's yeah. just a thought that came in my head. And I also was thinking, as you said, we don't want to see them get hurt, which is so, so true. And I do think that's a big reason it's hard to trust him. We kind of think we know best. A lot of the things we have learned and learned well, we learned through experience. And so we have to let our kids do that. And we don't want to do that. Like, I'm like, I don't want you to experience the yuck that I experienced. So (laughs) I want to protect you. I want to, you know, I want to protect you from that. Um, But some, yeah, some of these things, that may be the way God's going to teach them best through hurt and pain. We don't realize what a teacher and discipler that is, or we know what it is. We don't want our kids to experience that Right,
1: right. We want to protect sure. them from the same mistakes and the same pain that, that we've gone through ourselves. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I can see all of
0: those reasons. I can see them in myself. So what does it look like then to trust God with the hearts of our kids? Like it's easy to say, but what does that look like?
1: Well, I think what it doesn't look like is just throwing up our hands and saying, oh, well, I'm not in control <laughs> anyway. God's got this under control, so why even bother? Right, you know, Like this fatalistic point of view, we're all going to die, so I'm just going <laughs> to like check out of life and go right. along. That is not what that looks like to trust God. There's We definitely have an active role to play in trusting God. Um, but I think one thing that it looks like is – to know God's character mm. because when we know more of God's character, when we know that God is loving and kind and powerful, then we're able to trust him. we know that he doesn't make mistakes. Mm. But as we mentioned earlier, we also know that he is just and he's righteous and he is holy. So and he's so he can't just ignore sin either, but he has a plan. We might not see the end result, we might not see where he's taking our kids or the road that he's taking them on but we can trust that he you know that he loves them and he is working in their hearts. And then knowing what our responsibility is as parents and we can talk about that in um in a minute cuz I know we want to talk about like our responsibility versus God's responsibility but sure. just knowing that we do have a responsibility and that we do need to be intentional and even though there's no guarantee that our kids will trust the Lord for salvation and if they have trusted the Lord for salvation, that they will continue to walk in that path and choose to follow God's will for their lives. There are things that we can do to influence our children's hearts so we can talk about about those things. in a Yeah, in
0: it, absolutely. What you said about knowing God's character too, I'll go back to that because when you said it makes it easier to trust Him, it made me realize how sometimes I've been so focused on being intentional about my kid's spiritual life that mine has kind of... Hmm. Gone off the rails. Like that just makes me realize I've got to be so intentional about my own spiritual life and seeking God because I want to know that's how I'm going to know his character. That's going to build my faith. That's how um, that just kind of stood out to me when you said that. But yeah, that intentionality, I've always said, it's like we have to do an untangling of my responsibility and their response. And go ahead and talk about this because there's also a part of it that is God's responsibility. So talk a little bit about those, how those three things all kind of work together or, or against each other in some cases.
1: Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well, the Bible is very clear that we each have a responsibility. So as parents, we have a responsibility to teach our children about the Lord and to demonstrate His love to them. Psalm 78 says that we will not hide these truths from our children, but we will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord. So the next generation might know them about the, his works, even the children not yet born. And they in turn will teach their own children. So it's just this like cyclical, like each generation, you need to teach the next generation. You need to teach your kids about the Lord so that they in turn can teach their children as well. Sure. And then Deuteronomy six, uh, verses six and seven, which is, I know, a very familiar verse to many people. And it says, you must commit yourself wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. And this is the new living translation, by the way, in case anyone's wondering, repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you're on the road, when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. So those two things, talking about them at home and when you're on the road, I like to call that on the couch discipleship and on the road discipleship. So there's just those two spaces, those two arenas where you're being intentional about discipling your kids. So on the couch, discipleship might look like intentional devotions or Bible reading or teaching or going through a book together, those kinds of things where you're either sitting one-on-one with your kids or gathering them all together for a family time, but it's it's more intentional and then, or more structured, I should say. And then the on the road teaching, this is kind of like as you're going, as you're going about daily life, living out what we believe in front of our children and modeling. God's sure. love to them. So, and that's where what you said, Shelly, about it's so important for us as parents to be working on our own relationship with the Lord and spending time in God's word, because that's where that natural everyday life discipleship comes out, because it's a natural overflow out of our own hearts. It doesn't feel like it's something conjured up. It doesn't feel like it's, it's awkward, because it's just a natural overflow of what we are already doing and believing in our hearts.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And I know it gives you opportunities too to say, hey, you know what? I was reading in the Bible this morning and God showed me this, and there's great opportunities to just talk about it, you know, and I think about, talk about it as you go and on the, all that kind of stuff. I, I think that that's one thing it's done for us, um, or to go back to your kid to apologize and say, you know, God, mm. in my time with the Lord, God really yes. convicted me yes. that I was um, <laughs> very rude in the way I was, you know, handled the situation yes. or whatever. So yes.
1: yeah, definitely. Even I in our mistakes, even our mistakes can be opportunities to disciple our kids.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So what about their responsibility and God's responsibility because I know I'll I'll say this when my uh, husband and I started out our parenting journey you know, back when we thought we knew everything when we were young and yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> stupid, yep, as we yep. like to say. Um, I think we thought our kids are going to turn out this certain way because of us, because of our mm-hmm. intentionality. And the truth, you know, and now we joke and say, well, we just hope they turn out this way in spite of us. Because, yes, <laughs> yes it's important to be intentional, but there's a point where it's out of our hands. So talk a little bit about,
1: about that. Yeah, well, the Bible says that we were all born with sin in our hearts. We were all born with a sinful spirit and this natural tendency to walk away from the Lord. And yeah, Mm. that is in the hearts of our kids, even when they're little, like even, you know, two year old, one year olds, two year olds, you start to see that rebellion against, against the Lord. And so our kids each have a responsibility to make a choice For them, for their own lives, whether or not they're gonna follow the Lord. And we can absolutely influence that. And we can, you know, with our, with discipling, but there's no guarantee. There's no guarantee that you, as a parent, do your little checklist and do this, 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 and (laughs) this. And then you will have perfect kids and they will, you know, all become pastors and missionaries and everything will be great. (laughs) There's no guarantee. There's in Romans 14, 12. It says the the Bible says that we will all give an account before God, Mm, and we can't ultimately force anyone to be saved. We can't force anyone to obey the Lord, and that is humbling as parents, but it's also freeing. Yes, yes, because so many times we feel the weight of well, what you know, if our if our child walks away from the Lord, or if our kids aren't following the path that we had wanted them to follow. We feel this weight of responsibility, like what did I do wrong? Or where, what could have I done differently? And first of all, none of us are perfect. I'm sure there were things we could have done differently, but number two, there, like we said, there's no formula. There's no like perfect guaranteed formula that if you do all of these things, you could have done everything right. And they still have a choice to reject that or to walk away from the Lord. So so in some ways it's free. It frees us up from that guilt of feeling like, oh, this is all on me, like all right. the weight of such a huge responsibility. If I mess up, then they're going to leave the church and they're going to walk away from the Lord. But right. but just remembering that they are making the choice.
0: Right. And if we if we think hard about that, we realize how prideful that sounds. Like, it sounds very loving, you know, when we start on that journey. But then you realize, I'm basically saying, I'm going to do this. You know, Mm -hmm. it's going to be because of me.
1: So that's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, God has a responsibility in all of this as well. He has the ultimate responsibility, thankfully. Absolutely. Because I don't know where this quote was. I I think it might have been next, Luke But I looked it up. That God is in the business of changing hearts. And... Mm -hmm. He can change the hardest of hearts. He can change. He can work in anyone's hearts. And we see examples of that throughout the scriptures. We see examples of that throughout history. And um, I love the verse in um, 1 Corinthians 3, chapter 3. And I think it starts in verse 4, 5, 5 through 7. but. The Corinthians, Paul is writing to the Corinthians and they were arguing about like, well, I was baptized by Paul and I was baptized by Mm -hmm. Apollos. And they're kind of arguing about like, who's the more holy apostle here? And Paul says, it doesn't matter. He says, who is Paul? Who is Apollos? We are only God's servants through whom you believed the good news. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. I planted the seeds in your hearts and Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. And I love that in thinking about our parenting, you know, we are doing the work that the Lord gave us. We are planting the seeds in the hearts of our kids. We might be the ones watering the seeds in the hearts of our kids, but ultimately it's God who makes that seed grow. So, just giving that over to God and trusting him. Lord, you are the one that makes the seed grow. I will fulfill my part. I will plant the seeds. I will do the work through your strength, of course. But ultimately, God is the one who needs who has to make that seed grow in their hearts.
0: Absolutely. I was just talking to someone recently about this
1: and we were saying, you know,
0: you can't make your kid love Jesus. Like, right. You don't have that power. And I in my prayer prayers for my kids, I'm constantly praying that He pursues them, that He continues to pursue them, and that He turns their heart of stone into a heart of flesh. Um, yes. I think that's from Ezekiel, but I'll, I'll look that up. That There's that verse that talks about yes. that. Yes.
1: Yes. I actually have that in my notes. Okay. Yeah, Ezekiel 36.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, and that uh, th- those are two things I can't do, right? I, c- I can't be God to them. I can't turn their heart of stone into a heart of flesh. So how would you encourage parents who may be having a hard time trusting God with their kids' hearts, with their kids' spiritual eyes?
1: Yeah. So I would encourage parents who are having a hard time trusting God to just go to the scriptures. There are so many verses that are encouraging and just reaffirming. So the, one, of the, one of my favorites is Philippians 4, 6, and it says, don't worry about anything. Mm-hmm. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So I think this is a really encouraging verse when we're feeling worried, when we're stressed out about our kids, about the direction that they're going, about their hearts. Don't worry. The Bible says don't worry, but instead pray. Take the time to pray for your kids, and a, a little sure. later I'll talk about a, a resource that I have for for praying for your kids. But but talk to God about it, and then accept God's peace. It says that God God promises mm. to give us His peace in those in those situations. Um, so that would be would be one encouragement to not worry. But then also just remembering God's truth, relying on God's truth, and what He is doing and what He has promised. So mm. in Philippians 1.16— it says, "I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue His work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns." So, just continuing to trust that God is working in in our kids' hearts, whether they have trusted Christ as their Savior or whether they have yet still have not done that yet, or we're trusting God for salvation or for for sanctification. Just continuing to trust that God is working and God is pursuing. I love that you, that you're praying for God to Mm -hmm. continue pursuing your kids and praying that God would bring people into their lives. It might not be you. Like he might not be, you might not be the one that God uses to bring your child back to the Lord or to bring your child to Christ or to, I mean, you have that huge influence, but as your kids get older, for sure, Shelly, your kids are, are, you know, high school, college, out of the house, Um, as your kids get older, praying that God would bring other people, other influences into their life that would get their attention and lead them, lead them back to the Lord. Um, obviously my kids are still at home seven, they're, you know, seven, nine, 11 and 13. So yeah, so mama's listening. We still do have that big influential time, but just remembering also as they get older, God can still, bring people into their lives and into their hearts.
0: Absolutely. It's never too late. No, no. And I have a great story that goes with that, that um, it's kind of funny to me, but it's exactly what you're saying. I remember I, w- I was telling my oldest son, and he was only in like sixth grade, maybe. And I was like, you know, you really should have a quiet time and, you know, with God in the morning or whenever, you know, and re- and he-, he kind of made some excuse, some goofy excuse like, well, I-, I like to do what the Bible says, not necessarily just read it or whatever. I just remember thinking, oh, my gosh but literally days later he came home from youth group at church and said i need you to start waking me up at 5am because and he names his student pastor says i need to start having it and i'm like
1: i've been yes. saying that
0: for 2 weeks but you know what i don't care who gets the credit for <laughs> For you Absolutely. taking on that practice, right. because and there, there really does come a time when, and I think it's really true for boys. It's probably true for girls and boys. Uh, right now, I'm, you know, have had more experience with my boys, but they there comes that time where they're kind of detaching from you, and you do want to have those safe places for them to land with with godly men and women. Um, and ours have just happened to be in the church. I mean, there's there's women and men that have poured into my kids in ways that. I've I couldn't just because they kind of needed to pull away from me a little bit and, um, so yeah, that is very true. And even throughout the rest of their life, that God will send people wherever they are. I love what you mentioned. I think it was maybe Philippians 1-6 that He's 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 at work in their lives. And I was thinking He's at work even when we can't see it. And we need to remember that mm-hmm. too. That yes. I'm, you know, I think of all the times in my life He's been at work and I couldn't see it. <laughs> and I need to trust that He's at work even when I can't see any fruit. That that doesn't mean God's not pursuing them or He's not at work in their lives. So That's a good word. That's a good encouragement. So do go ahead and tell us then about this resource that you mentioned a second ago about helping parents pray for their kids.
1: Yeah, I have a free ebook. It's called Confident Prayers. It is a resource to help parents pray for their kids. So it is all based on Scripture. And basically, it takes a Scripture passage. There are all sorts of prayers throughout Scripture. A lot of them through the New Testament where Paul is praying for the people that he's ministering to in different churches. So it takes a passage of scripture and then it's kind of translated into a prayer form specifically for your kids. So there's like a repair, like a paraphrase of the the passage so that you can use that to pray for your kids. And it's divided up into different topics. Um, So like prayers for peace and courage and and things like that. So it's a free resource that you can just put on your phone. And I just used it the other day. I was like, I want to pray for my kids. And I pulled up one of those passages and I, just prayed through, prayed through for each of my, for each of my boys. And I actually, Shelly, I created a civic website just for your listeners, um, or a web page, I should say. If you go to lauriechristine.com forward slash unperfect, there will be a link to that Confident Prayers book there on my website.
0: So thank you so much for offering that. That's going to be a great resource. I love that it's got scripture involved. And sometimes our prayers just, we feel like we're praying the same thing over and over. So I love how that's going to give a fresh perspective as we pray for our kids. So I do want you to talk about some of your other things that you have available that I think are really neat and that people can um, take advantage of. But I want to ask you one last question. We talk a lot here on the Unperfect Podcast about living in the now and the not yet, this side of heaven, balancing that tension of fully living among the imperfections of being in this broken world that we've Talked about throughout this podcast. So for most of us, life didn't exactly go the way we planned or envisioned. So I'm just curious if you could go back and have a conversation with younger Lari. What would you say to her?
1: Sure. Well, I mean, so many things. But you know, I, I I I feel like I don't live with a whole lot of regrets because I, you know, we make the choices that we made in the, in the moment. And then we live with them and then we learn from them. And so, yeah, there've been hard things in life, but, but yeah, as far as like looking back with regrets or wishing I had done something differently, um, I don't have a whole lot of things, but there are definitely a few pieces of advice I'd give my, my younger self. Um, I think the the one thing would be to not worry so much about what other people think. <laughs> sure. I know as young, as young people, young adults, like that just, is sometimes kind of all-consuming, but as I get older, I tend to care less and less about what other people think about me and realizing like, oh, their opinions aren't nearly as important as God's opinion. And I've grown a lot of this over the years, learning to love people more than I need them to approve of me, Um, learning to assume the best of of other people, and then just gaining confidence in God's calling on my life, and not making decisions based on fear of judgment or fear of what other people are going to going to think, but but making decisions based on on God's opinion rather than the opinions of others.
0: That's one probably a lot of us still need to remember today, and <laughs> not just our younger self, but our current self. For well, sure. for sure,
1: it's an ongoing, it's an ongoing uh, thing. I, I, I right. tell myself.
0: <laughs> exactly. So I do want you to tell us a little bit about your new devotional book for boys, because although I have not read it, just looking at the cover as a mom of three boys, I can confidently say there is no boy alive who's not going to be interested in that. So tell us a little bit about uh, it.
1: Sure. Well, my new devotional book is called Rise of the Enemy, and it's book one in the Dragon Slayer Bible series. And this is Series will inspire boys to join the armies of the Dragon Slayer in the epic battle of good versus evil. Through action packed stories, inspiring scripture, and challenging devotional readings, boys will be trained to stand firm against the invisible enemy and to use weapons of warfare to deflect the lies of the evil one. So, the first part of the book is a narrative, it's a retelling of a Bible story, and it takes place. In heaven. It's the war in heaven when the angels were fighting, when Michael and the angels fought against the dragon and the evil angels, and the dragon was kicked out of heaven. And so it's like that war in heaven, and it sets up the the stage, the battleground of this good versus evil that we have this enemy who is wanting to destroy you and wanting to defeat you. But then there's the second part of the book is. Um, devotional readings, Bible study, where boys dive into the scriptures and are trained to put on weapons of warfare, to put on the armor of God in order to protect against the lies of this evil dragon. And I would say the book is geared towards boys ages eight to 12, but I will also say that girls really enjoy it too. So if you have girls who enjoy Fantasy or dragons or things like that they they will love this too. I've had lots of girls tell me that they that they enjoy it, although it is it is marketed specifically to boys but but girls do enjoy it as well sure i
0: I can see that as something my daughter would love so yeah that's a, that's exciting, and I'm glad that resource is out there. so just give us a little bird's eye view of your podcast and other resource that you have for parents.
1: it's also at that link that I shared earlier larry dot com forward slash unperfect. I have a couple other resources at that link for you. There's some resources on family discipleship. I have a free ebook that's um, called Bored with the Bible, and it helps parents to engage their kids in family discipleship and family Bible study. Um, So that's one of the resources there. And then, yes, my podcast is called Redeeming the Chaos. And you can find it on all of the places that you listen to podcasts. And it's especially for moms of boys who might be feeling a little bit overwhelmed or discouraged by the responsibility of raising boys. And I would love for you to join me on the adventure of raising courageous boys and connecting their hearts to Christ. You know, we want to raise up strong, courageous warriors for God's kingdom. And I, on my podcast, I invite you to come along and join me on that journey. Thanks for sharing that. And Laurie, it was an honor to hang out with you this morning. So
0: thank you so much for your time and sharing your story with us and just sound biblical wisdom that we can use as we're going through this very challenging
1: parenting journey. Shelley, thanks so much for having me on the show. It's been a pleasure.
0: Wow. There is so much to consider as we heard Laurie's story and her biblical wisdom on this topic. I know I was reminded again what part I play in raising my kids and investing in them, but also what parts are their own responsibility, and ultimately surrendering them to the God who makes things grow. I like to think I'm the one that's going to make them grow, but that's not my job. And I loved her encouragement to continue in my pursuit of Jesus, knowing God's character and praying continually. I hope you will check out the show notes for the link to her Confident Prayers resource and see the other resources that she has to offer there for parents. If you were encouraged or inspired or humored by today's episode, would you please send the link to a friend or a group of friends you think would benefit from it too? On Apple Podcasts, you just tap the three dots at the top and select Share Episode. And on Spotify, the Share button is right there under the Day and Minutes. And I'm not sure about other platforms, but I'm guessing it's just as easy. As always, you can go grab a teenager because they can figure it out in seconds. So until next week, I'm praying for you to see glimpses of God's glory in the midst of the imperfections of your life. See you next time.